you've been listening for the entire show today. I've been. I, I, they said I've been, been feisty because I'm complaining about some he's of the stuff been, that didn't work. Nate, he's been, I said I want to throw this phone in the trash, Nate, because it's garbage. Been, he's, garbage he, belongs in the trash. Text line called him out earlier. He's been bitching all show, man. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, the whole show. <laughs> the whole hey, some, show. Some, some you know what? I was feeling like in a very Justin Reed mood. I just decided, Ooh, even if you can't wow. win, I'm just going to go ahead and go to bed anyway. Wow. I know I'm not getting a new phone, even if I complain about it, but I'm still taking it to the streets. Um, How has he not deleted that yet, Nate? He's going to stand on it. He's just going to stand on it. You well, know? Andy just yelled at him on Friday publicly. He's going to stand on it, man. Uh, hey, every, we make choices every day, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I didn't say good or bad. I just said we make choices. You know, Cody has chosen violence. Part <laughs> of the equipment. Uh, Justin it's Reed. not working well today. Justin Reed wants to say, like, and I wonder if I think about this, peeling the layers back. Um, it is it is a bit fascinating via Twitter, a wonderful website. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Joshua Williams is like, you know what? It's me. It's me. You know? Hey, I get it. Like, I'm a rookie. I'm learning. That's on me. And he was all over his guy. It was good coverage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, it's on me, man. And just reads like, yeah, I'm going to stand on it. <laughs> so is there one voice to this unit right now? Per the Twitter accounts? No. And it was supposed to be Reed. They made a whole – she's made a whole thing about it, Nate. Uh-huh. I'm, I would consistently make the argument that they made a whole – Thing about it. He was supposed to be their leader. It was really him and Nick Bolton and Chris Jones. Mm -hmm. And Chris Jones, they've never stood on as being like the single voice of the defense. Right. So that's never really been the case. So mm -hmm. to me, it's it was supposed to be Reed. And now he's in the doghouse a little bit. Because if Mitchell Schwartz is saying he's going to be in trouble the second he rolls in, and you hear the way Andy talked mm -hmm. on Friday, he does it. I can't imagine it's it's a good time right there for him at this moment. He gonna he just gonna have to stand on it. And look. If this is what he needs or this is something that he's, you know, recognizing, and I'm kind of doing a little bit of psychoanalysis from afar, uh, if Justin Reed wants to have a therapy session, by all means, man, let's do it. Like, yeah, it's helpful. It, you know, everybody, everybody should talk about how they feel. But if he's figured out that, you know, what he needs is to exude confidence and motivate himself in this manner, regardless of what other people say, then OK, then I understand that. What I would ask, um, you know, we have a responsibility, I thought, to fans to get his comments after Sunday's game, whether they won or lost, because he inserted himself mm -hmm. into a conversation that involved the other team, you know? And the thing that I like to tell – man, I'm going to be real inside journalism right now. But what I've told the public relations staff for the Chiefs is these are grown men. They are paid professionals. They should be given the opportunity at all times – to speak the way they want to speak. Like, I am trying to give the best questions I can that I think are relevant and are fair. Then they get to decide how they want to respond to them. Justin Reed res responded the way he wanted to respond, and that is exactly what I've asked from everybody in the organization whenever they speak publicly. So with that, well, this is now a storyline. This is the way it works. So we get your comments after the game, and I thought he handled it very well. Like, yeah, he's kind of apologetic. And yes, he apologized and also said we didn't play well. We didn't execute. Like, we can be better. This will serve us for January. All things that I think are fair, truthful. And so if he wants to say something on Twitter, it is his prerogative to do that. I just hope that 
at some point later this week, when they have practices, when the locker room is open, Justin Reed will explain this detail that is now included into the storyline for the third the third of the season, the it, latter third. It feel like a change of tune, though. Because, like, after the game, you're right. It's mm-hmm. like, I look, in coverage, I didn't think he was all that bad. I thought he, oh, he was he, he was the best player in he, coverage when I look ta- at it. Tackling is where. But he missed right. tackles like Correct. everyone did. And he gets his, you know, he looks right. like he got dribbled by P. Ryan, so everyone's going to joke around. Yeah. But it's just like. It but, happens. Look, the defense didn't play well, though. And if you're right. the leader of the defense, like, Mahomes could throw for 500 yards, five touchdowns, and no picks. But if there are seven drops on the day, he can't go out and be like, well, those guys stink. Because it's not that Reed said that, but when he says, mm-hmm. I was right, and the defense gave up 423 yards and only forced one punt, that seems dis- that seems wrong. It seems like you're calling everyone else out. You're saying, I did my job. You didn't do yours. Which is, I mean, thank you for confirming what I, what yeah. I said earlier, yeah. uh, Cody, which is there's different voices in the locker room about the defense right now. Can they get on one accord? Sure, there's plenty of time to do that. And I'm not saying having different voices say different things is a problem either. I, we are just acknowledging what has been tweeted and projected to the world via a lovely website <laughs> called Twitter. We're talking to Nate Taylor from The Athletic. Of course, host of The Nate Taylor Show. You heard that last night right here on 610 Sports Radio. What is it about Cincy, though? Because I, I don't view the Chiefs in terms of against everybody else any differently. I still think they're going to be the number one seed, as a matter of fact. But okay. a, against Cincinnati, clearly, whether it's the comments from Eli Apple after last year's AFC title game that we knew they'd be impatient or we're waiting for their mistake, well, same kind of thing played out again on Sunday. The Chiefs, unfortunately, this time it was Travis Kelsey, the mm-hmm. last guy you would have expected. But that fumble was a huge, huge swing in the game. What is it about Cincinnati and is it correctable, I guess? Of course it's correctable. Um, the thing about Cincinnati is they are a defense that I like to describe as having no blue chip players, but they're red chips all over the field. You know, whether it's Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson, those are not elite guys. Those are very, very good guys. Um, Jesse Bates, pretty good player. Why he was franchise tagged. Is he a great player? No, he's not. I just Patrick. hope his hamstring and stuff still all right. I just, well, <laughs> you I just, know. <laughs> hey, gamesmanship, baby. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I think I think Wilson, Logan Wilson, did I hit that right? Logan Wilson, pretty good, like comparable to Nick Bolton. Do we consider Nick Bolton like a Pro Bowl player? Well, it depends on like your preference, but I'm just saying, like not not Bobby Wagner, sure, but really like Bobby Wagner's his prime, but like <laughs> yeah, really yeah, yeah. good. So they want you to go down the field, little by little by little. The more snaps you have, you are gonna make a mistake before we make a mistake. Especially because the Chiefs don't make teams make mistakes. Well, here lies the issue. Moving forward, when these two teams play again, on my drive here, I really thought to, to help the team win, Travis Kelsey has had an amazing season. Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes have to be excellent. Patrick Mahomes was excellent. Travis Kelsey was great up until the fumble. And that's the margin that they have really when you think about the topper echelon teams in their conference, whether it's the Bills or the Bengals. Special teams almost had to be perfect. Guess what? You're going to have to be perfect in January. So if you put Harrison Bucker out there, he's got to make a 55-yard kick, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the situation. Points are what matter most. In possessions with points. The reason they lost is because one possession ended on a fumble and another one in the fourth quarter ended because you couldn't get points from that distance based on that decision. Because that's the only time you only punted one other time in the entire game. Exactly. And the Bengals don't want to give you that many possessions. So what the Bengals have proven to the Chiefs in three games is we can play ball control 
If we just keep the game manageable, which happened after halftime with the AFC Championship game, if we just keep the game manageable, we feel like our quarterback, our offensive line, our wide receivers can go, can actually matriculate the ball down the field better than you. And they've been right. In the second half of all these games, they've been right. Do the Chiefs just have a, like at this point, is it just they're in the middle of part of a season or they have a real turnover problem? I know they do on defense. We've talked about that. They don't take the ball away. They're never going to take the ball away. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL at it, and I don't think it's getting better. Mm -hmm. But they've given the ball away in seven consecutive games. And talk about making Andy mad. Mm -hmm. That's a real quick way to do that. I'm not saying he's going to be mad at Kelsey, a player who very rarely makes those kinds of mistakes. But to give it away in seven consecutive games, which is the high of any stretch in the Andy Reid era, that Mm -hmm. feels worrisome to me that it keeps happening. Yep. And it doesn't matter the level of opponent, right? Doesn't matter if you're playing the Jacks. Doesn't matter if you're playing the Bengals. Um, that's a real issue. In order, like, this might sound harsh, but I think it's reality. They're going to play a game that's Super Bowl quality before the Super Bowl. And they got to realize that right now on offense, which means you got to execute at an even higher level than you've done, even with a negative turnover margin, right? They're still 9-3, which is just Well, I it. The only teams below them all have an average win total of like three. It's insane how good they are. But you got to be better because you're going to play a game that's Super Bowl level before you actually get to the Super Bowl. You could legitimately make an argument that if they were just an even turnover differential team, they'd they are un- undefeated. undefeated, yes. Yeah. Because they had three critical turnovers in the fourth quarter of all three of their losses. And don't think about the – and don't forget about the first turnover – in the first drive against the Buffalo Bills. I understand Patrick extending the play, giving MBS a chance. But, again, no points instead of three or seven slash six, depending on Bucker, who was – well, I, didn't, I guess they didn't have Bucker at the time. No, it was – It was uh, – Which one, right? Was it right then or Matthew was it the right. other one? Ramondola, I don't I think know. it was right. I don't know. I think it was right. But – I don't want to be held responsible for remembering which kicker it was for that game. That's kind of my job. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> – so, you know, that turnover is, I think, even more magnified to me in some sense than, hey, it's late minute. You ain't got no timeouts. You got to go down the length of the field. Like, you just got to you just gotta throw a ball, you know, and obviously the, the, the Bills had the interception. So why did they lose to the what, – what is one reason why they lost to the Colts that I think people have forgotten? Travis Kelsey dropped a touchdown pass. Hmm. Then you had to go kick a field goal with a player not named Harrison Bucker. And then you were like, what if we did a fake? <laughs> no, that one. I forgot. God, I yeah, erased people, that from my memory. So, again, in two of the three well, losses. Well, there's been plenty of special teams mistakes. So I Yeah, it's a kind of like a long list. Of yeah. course. Yeah. In two of the three losses this season, Travis Kelsey has either dropped a touchdown pass or fumbled in the fourth quarter. Otherwise, he's been the best tight end in the league by a wide margin. Mile, yeah. But in these playoff games, he's going to have to be excellent. And that's tough. Even for a Hall of Fame player, ask Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> like, hey, Aaron, um, it's the 49ers. They got blue and red chips. This is last year. And it's in a snow globe. And um, yeah. you only got one receiver. And guess what? They've taken him away. No one's got. You got to be excellent to get to the Super Bowl. That's it. Because, like, nobody has better variance against bad teams. Because the Chiefs turned it over, whatever that, like, minus three in the turnover differential against the Jags. And they beat him by double digits. <laughs> Crazy. That's not supposed to happen. Right. You lost a turnover margin by a mile and still beat a team by double digits. But it, you see it in these – because they, they play those games. Like, every Cincinnati game is exactly the same way. 
it's not that they're not in the game. Like two times they were up by ten. Yep. This time they trailed by ten and had the lead by the third quarter. Mm-hmm. But it, the story becomes it's, the same at the end, which is consistently they make the mistake less often than you do. Which is, I don't know if that's a talent thing or if that's just a you keep turning it over problem. But that's what's wild is if we were doing radio in L.A. and they actually cared about their football team named the Chargers, but let's just percent <laughs> for a second. If we were doing L.A. is a bad example maybe, but Buffalo last year divisional title game or division game, I should say. Mm-hmm. Like What you just said, Cody, is what the Chiefs have typically done to everybody else where it's like, oh, the Chiefs got that crucial play in the fourth quarter. You screwed the hell up. The Chiefs against Cincinnati, for whatever reason, that's the that's when it happens for them, and that's why the Cincinnati one's frustrated. Which is why, like Nate, that is there's nothing wrong with saying you don't want to see that team in the playoffs. The answer's not Buffalo to me. It's it's got to be Cincinnati. I said I'd rather see Buffalo in Buffalo because all the pressure, than Cincinnati anywhere. By the way, all the pressure would be on Buffalo in that game. Yes, can you imagine? Like again, <laughs> I just want to remind people, Buffalo has never experienced what Chiefs fans have experienced. Think about that. They have never, ever experienced what you've experienced. That's that's. I I I don't try to get too. Fairness, neither Cincinnati. But Cincinnati got to the Super Bowl last, last year, year. Yeah. like with these guys, yeah. those guys, yeah, Josh Allen and this group, yeah. minus Von Miller, have never yeah. gotten there again. That's why I sort of wanted early in the year, like please send me to Buffalo in late January for an AFC Championship game. Where <laughs> are you still the champions, or can they get over the hurdle when everybody knows this is their window? Their window is shrinking, guys. Like, well, yeah, because if you were to... Von Miller is now... He's still old, and now he's hurt. And the Bengals are going to be here. I was going to say, window-wise in the NFL, or the AFC, the Chiefs and and the Bengals have the widest window, it looks like. Even despite the Chiefs' struggles head-to-head with Cincinnati, like, these two teams seem actually suddenly the best position. Brighter future over the next couple of years, because they're they're financially positioned Flexible, yes, flexible. And so, Joe Burrow is just... He's really good. It's... It's a, it's crazy how fast he's gotten good between the start of this season and where he is now. And now, because the skill position players are still the same and they're running a higher level of the offense than they did a year ago, which is just, hey, Chase, go, go over there and I'm going to throw you the ball. Like, they're running slants to T. Higgins, and it's like, there's the matchup. Hey, we don't even care about you, Justin Reed. That's all right. I got Tyler Boyd over the middle because we're, we're going we're gonna to bang on Juan Thornhill for a minute. Yeah, they picked on the middle of the field. Hey, Hayden Hurst ain't even in the game anymore. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Hey, P. Ryan, act like you're going to block leak out. Because guess what? They're going to keep dropping and dropping because they want to keep everything in front of them. And then if you just make one guy miss, first down. And then I can throw it to Chase whenever I want to. Made 10 guys miss. Of course. But, like, they are playing a higher level of football that I think, to your guys' credit, makes them a – perhaps worse matchup than the Bills. Do you think the Chiefs end up as the one seed? Gold mentioned it earlier. You said, wow. Do you think they end up as the number one seed? If you had to guess right now. They got to win out. Yeah. Every Chiefs fan should hold them accountable for this. Every game from this fourth, you will play as the better team. You're going to play the – You'd be a damn near double-digit favorite at every game. Pretty much. Yeah, we, yeah, so, yeah, so, so, so when they kick it off Sunday in Denver, you are the better team, act like the better team, get an advantage as early, and squeeze squeeze them out. Do not let any of these games necessarily get um, chaotic like the Indianapolis Colts game. So with that being said, with them relatively healthy, where they are constructed right now, they should be expected to win out. Then the problem becomes, can Miami go up to Buffalo and win? 
or does Buffalo go to Cincinnati and win? That's asking a lot. I'm saying that's why so, I feel like their Chiefs are still in a great spot. So the Chiefs technically are even to get the one seed. My question for you guys is, we know this team. We've seen this team. One of them five games is going to be tough. I think they'll get the one seed, but it won't It won't be for a lack of um, dramatic. It's going to be a dramatic sprint. How bad do you feel they – we never seen Mahomes, we all know, on the road in the playoffs. Never mm-hmm. has happened. How vital for this group do you think that is? We always know the advantage of Arrowhead. That's a given. But mm-hmm. we know they just lost in the FC title game at Arrowhead last year. Mm-hmm. They have a better but road winning percentage than home. They actually score more on the road this year than they do at home. But mm-hmm. how important is it this year, I guess, considering, A, who they hmm. are as a team? Great question. And then compare yeah. it to what we're seeing from Buffalo and Cincy and Miami, for that matter, as well. So I think, I think we can parse this out correctly. But they have been a more explosive team on the road because they've leaned towards the offense to lead the day, which is unfortunate because they couldn't score 30 uh, in Cincinnati. Where in those other road games that they have deemed as important or valid, they have scored 30. Sometimes 40. Right. Um, and again, things got crazy with the, with the Colts. Um, I think this team probably wants to have Arrowhead for the AFC Championship game or the divisional round. Um, it will help the defense. The defense has played better at home. Part of that, statistically, is because Malik Willis, <laughs> Bryce Perkins, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Now, is it harder to play at Arrowhead than playing at your home venue? Of course. Do those young players on defense need an extra boost and not necessarily need the extra element of that was a playoff atmosphere that they just came from in Cincinnati? You know, do you want to go through that one or two times in January when guys have never played in the playoffs on defense? So it might be beneficial to to stay at to keep it at Arrowhead. Beyond just the hey, you've been through your routine, you're in your own environment. Obviously, the you know I think when I when I think back to the 19 AFC Championship game, they had such a great scheme and they obviously made in-game adjustments to defeat Derrick Henry and to make everything all on. You know, Ryan Tannehill, who also had never played in an AFC championship game. That is a little bit different, but Derrick Henry ran out of gas because they went to New England, then they went to Baltimore, then they came to Kansas City. Um, It's hard to win three straight road games to get to the Super Bowl. Very few teams have done that. So you don't want to have that as part of the variable when trying to get to the Super Bowl. You know, there's a statistical, I can't remember what it was, but a few years ago, you had like an 80% chance of going to the Super Bowl if you had all your home games, if you had all your playoff games be home games previously. But so I think that that used to be because there were two buys. Now True. it's like in the last two years, it's yep. more like 50%. Mm-hmm. Because there's just less teams right, who are going to get all their games at home. Tennessee's been the one seed. That, that's why. Because Tennessee's been the one. Well, they're certainly not. Well, the <laughs> NFC's been a mess. Thank you, thank you, thank you Mr. The, Gold. Well, in fairness, the one-seeded NFC team hasn't been getting through yeah, either. Yeah, yeah, it's only, yeah. it hasn't been... I don't know that a single team with a bye has made the Super Bowl yet. Of the of the one the, the new since format. they've gone to the new format, the, the, I don't think so. The, the Chiefs did in twenty. They were the t- they were the oh they were the one. Yes, was that still double bye or is that one bye? I think that was one bye at the time. The first year of it, yeah, right? Was that so. Okay, first. So we got one. We yeah. got one in I guess six yeah, teams, I'll, right? I'll, Three I'll years, two teams per year. We got one. That's a much lower ratio than it used to be. 
you're right, Nate. He used to be like 80% of the team on a bye, mm-hmm. ended up in a Super Bowl. And now what we're talking about is yeah, 15%. Went, went to 14 teams in 2020. Okay, so 2020 so was the first year. One out of year. six. That's it. And like, by the way, Chad Henney year. The Chad Henney year. I know, yeah. What a magical moment. A magical moment. And then and then, <laughs> and then the Bills realized what was necessary to, to, to get to the Super Bowl. With the, with the defense in particular, you talked about, like, and Andy talked about it, like, hey, they're going to learn from this. They're going to grow from this. What point am I allowed to just be like, okay, I got to just settle into this is how good a young defense can get in a single year mm-hmm. or how much more time they have to actually improve? Because I feel like I'm at the theoretical limit of expecting any kind of real extra growth from now into the playoffs versus like they're talented, they're young. You hope they don't show how young they are in a big moment. Yep. Hey, guys. That's what you should hold them to. It didn't look now. Now here's a wild thing. It didn't look pretty, right? It was um, missed tackles all over oh, the yeah. field. And Bay, hey, if you get some of those missed tackles, maybe the offense gets an extra possession or two in, or at least an extra possession in each half. Um, but this is it. Hey, did Jamar Chase dunk on you guys? No, you made him earn 97 yards through seven receptions. Um, did T Higgins dunk on you guys? One of the biggest things I was concerned about when they drafted Trick McDuffie is, hey, man, that's 50-50 ball all day in the red zone. They threw one up, and he did not catch it in the end zone because Trick McDuffie, from a technique standpoint, did an excellent job. And I think pre-snap saw, oh, this is about to be a 50-50 ball, and he was right. So he could, you can already tell that he's connecting c- cerebral to what he can do physically and with technique. But this is what you should expect. Hold him to 30. I know it's the Bills. I know it's the Bengals. You held them under 30. In it's a on game. the other team's job. It's on the offense's the, job. The special teams has to be perfect. Has to. They were but, almost perfect. Yep. <laughs> they almost had a perfect day. Yep. Now to that, we, but to now we know. Now we know. Special teams got to be perfect. I'm just saying to create your margin to win against the Bills, the Dolphins, the, the Bengals, special teams got to be perfect. Hey, defense. Hey, Ben. Don't break too much. And if you could get a turnover, oh my lord, that would that would switch things in a in a real advantage for the offense. But but hey, Travis Kelsey, been to the Super Bowl, won it. Patrick Mahomes, best quarterback in the league. You know, hey, offensive line. I know we're gonna get to that, but like still one of the best offensive lines in the league when you look at it from a statistical and that, you know, analytical standpoint. Why are they such a bad red zone defense? They're dead last in the NFL in touchdown scoring percentage. I guess coming into the week, I haven't checked it this yeah, week. Yeah, I got to I gotta check They are third worst at 65%. Only teams worse are Arizona and Detroit. Miami right there, too. Miami's, what, what was we the make fun of Miami's defense. Gold makes fun of Miami. Like, Miami's yeah, defense, terrible. They, the they stink. <laughs> yeah. They let up pretty much the same number of points as Kansas City, and they're just as bad in the red zone. Are we sure we want to just dunk on their defense when Kansas City's defense is doing something similar? Their defense is worse. Miami's defense is worse. We, at one point in time, we looked By up the what? red zone. But you told we me that up. points per game was the metric you cared the most <laughs> no, no, I, about I on care, defense. I care and Miami most about and the Chiefs that. are the same. I care the most about that. But also, when you're when we looked up the Chiefs in the red zone numbers, I don't have it in front of me at one point, it was either that they don't allow as many red zone trips, and so that's messing up the percentage, or they allow way more red zone trips. Either way, it could be problematic. But there was something we looked, we, when we compared it earlier this season, it was that the Chiefs, the percentage is higher because they actually – They actually less, allow less red zone trips than most yes, teams. But they let them score all the time yes, when they get down now, there. Now, who who is more in play on defense when you're in the red zone? The safeties. Yeah. 
Just, you know, you know. Hey, I'm hey, pretty sure hey, tomorrow we're, we're, we're going to start having the conversation about whether Cook look, should be starting over there with Thornhill. Look, look, look. I don't think he should. Brian, Brian we're just going to start that there. Brian Cook is good where he is. He good. He you like good. you like where he's at. He good where he is. <laughs> don't don't put too much on him. He good. Juan Thornhill. Look, guys. Um, George Kaloftis is like, who has this man? By the way, Bengals realize you're in man coverage. It's Juan Thornhill's responsibility, based on what I see, to flow with the with the running back on a crossing pattern. It's a suck. It's a sucky assignment because you're going across the field, and he already kind of is. He already has an advantage. It's a similar play that Derwin James had against Travis Kelsey on that game-winning touchdown drive. Now he was not lined up in like pure man press coverage type of situation, but Piron had, or it wasn't Piron. It was Chris Evans. Chris Evans has the advantage here. And he's running across the field. He's running away from you. It's a man beater. It sucks. Watch, watch Juan Thornhill's effort on that play. Because George Karloftis is like, who, who? Hey, man, I got the flat. I'm here. My guy's right here. I'm here. Yeah. Why is he waltzing into the end zone? And just watch 22 on the play. It's, it's, it's unfortunate. It happens. But, you know, when you're in the red zone, the safeties have to be a part of the, a part of the solution. And sometimes they can be part of the problem. I think this is why I told him earlier, I would have entertained going back in time. I would entertain giving Matthew the money instead of Reed because they might both have problems. But one guy gets the football. <laughs> I, uh, I like gets the football. Yeah. We just, you, we just disagree. We just if you look at If you look at the later portion, the second half, including the playoffs of the 2021 season, Tyron Matthew stopped getting the ball. Yeah. I mean, he's only gotten it twice this year, but Justin Reed's what tops probably in any given year is twice. He never gets the ball. First, like Justin Reed's not a turnover guy. Five, but the first four or five weeks of the season, too, it's not like it's easy because we're in Kansas City and he's down in New Orleans now. And I think they there were fans. There was plenty of noise down in New Orleans. People wanted Tyra Matthew not on the team after four or five weeks. They were that upset with his, his performance. And his film was abysmal at times. Well, after this week. Well, look, I, and look, pro football focus is in the end all. We talk about their issues, too. They think he's better. And people in Kansas City aren't really having Justin Reed right now either. Turns out fans never want the player, and I don't think it's just like right. about wanting a different player because Matthew was here. I do think a, a defensive flaw they have is they don't have one dog, one guy who will just get you the damn ball when you need the damn ball. They don't have a single guy, and they've had that. You know what part of it is? They've had that guy for 15 years, no matter how good or bad their defense mm-hmm. was. It was Matthew, and before that it was Marcus Peters, and before that, you know, like – Eric Berry. Eric Berry. They've mm-hmm. had that guy pretty consistently, so mm-hmm. it just feels like a weird missing element. Um, that guy is Chris Jones. Sorry, guys. You know, he should have more sacks this season statistically, but, you know, the rest kind of get in the way. You know, obviously that's, uh-huh. a stri- that's a strip sack. But, like, he's he's there. You know, if you ask me who can get the ball for us, I think it's Chris Jones. Now, what have other teams started to do that can counteract that? That the Bengals, you know, I thought did a masterful job, a Bill Belichick-like job. Yeah. We're going to double-team this man at all, all cost. And if he beats you, hold him. Just, we don't care. Hold him. He is more valuable being held than him ever hitting Joe Burrow because he is the player best equipped to get the ball out of the quarterback's hand um, on a strip sack, on a scramble situation. On a pressure that leads to an interception. Yep. Hey, you know, how'd the game end against the Chargers? Chris Jones blows up the guard in a one-on-one situation, chases down Justin Herbert, who feels the pressure to to throw a 50-50 ball up. And, you know, great credit to Nick Bolton, who had the 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 
the awareness and the mindset to stay on the play so that when it was a tip pass, it landed right into his hands. He was in the right place at the right time because he saw that he needed to give max effort in that moment. Um, but again, it starts with it starts with Chris Jones. And I would tell every offensive line coach moving forward, better double team that man. And if you don't, well, that's on you because he's he's still playing excellent. I think some Chiefs fans Agreed. may forget that. In in or it might get lost in the conversation about Sunday's game. He was awesome, guys. He got held like five times. They only called it once. They can't. Like he graded it, out. He graded out as the best player for the Chiefs on Pro Football. Focus, he was destroying one on one opportunities. And what do they do? They held him. Grab his jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Nate Taylor from the can't Athletic, and also you can hear him on the Nate Taylor Show Monday nights right here on Six Ten Sports Radio. Coming up next, we'll get to what's your fantasy on Cody and Gold. Listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Alex's That Betting Show every Thursday night at 7 o'clock, right here on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. All right, back here on Cody and Gold. Thanks again to Nate Taylor from The Athletic for joining us in studio. Earlier today, we had our NFL insider, Vinny Pasquintino, join us, of course, from the Kansas City Royals, and we were talking about some trash talk. That's kind of where we started our conversation. We mentioned the Justin Reed stuff all day today uh, with the tweet and just like, what's Vinny's philosophy on trash talk? And that's kind of where our conversation started. Now, joining Cody and Gold. Hey, it's a beautiful Tuesday morning, let me tell you that. It's your 2022 VinFL Insider. Are his hands going to get any bigger? Royals first baseman, Vinny Pasquantino. As a uh, potential future Chiefs fan, we hate the Broncos. Oh, and it's Broncos week. We'll get to the Broncos here in it just is. a little bit with our VinFL Insider, Vinny Pasquantino. We were just talking, though, a little bit about trash talk in sports and and that balance there. What, what, what's your stance on the trash talk overall when it comes to, uh, to professional athletes back and forth with opponents? Oh, well, first of all, good morning, guys. Good to talk to you. Uh, <laughs> happy to be here. It's not a beautiful Tuesday morning here in Nashville, but I'm not a massive trash talker to my opponents. Uh, typically, I like to trash talk my own team. Uh, that's, how I, that's how I operate. <laughs> I don't want to let my opponents think that uh, they're living in my head, even if they are. So I typically try to stay away from trash talk. Who's the biggest trash talker on the entire team? I mean, everybody knows the answer to that. You could probably guess. Oh, man. Is it Massey? Uh, he's a, <laughs> no, it's Amir Garrett. Um, wow. He's the best trash talker. <laughs> he talks the most. Um, he's just the best. So, so, you know, if I ever get into a trash talk mess, I'm going right to AG. By the way, in fairness, it looks like AG back it up, too, based on the fact he took on an entire team once. Yep, I'm not messing with him, so <laughs> I'll let other people do that. This was a, a wild week, though, Vinny, in the NFL, and, and you know, the, the 49ers found a way to, to get a huge win against the Dolphins, but the story there has to do with now Brock Purdy as a starting quarterback. Jimmy G broke his foot. Uh, do they have any real hope, though? Can they still be a contender without Jimmy G? Probably not. I mean, it'd be great if they did. It'd be great for... Uh, for Mr. Brock, but it's tough to say. Um, it's always hard to game plan for a backup quarterback when you're not, when you don't think he's going to come in the game. So you never know. We'll see though. I mean, big few weeks coming up for the 49ers. I would say that they're going to be in the playoffs, but um, 
Yeah, I, I doubt that they're Super Bowl contenders anymore. I mean, that defensive line for the Cowboys is just ridiculous. Um, the Eagles are a juggernaut, and the uh, you know the Vikings are a good football team. Like last night was the one because the NFC is kind of a mess. The Eagles are definitely good. I think the Cowboys are definitely good, and the Vikings aren't bad. But then I have to watch the Bucks for the entire night, and it's just I can't take it anymore, Vinny. And then I get back to Tom Brady, and I can't decide. So I guess I'll ask you. Is that just Tom Brady showing one more time he can do something cool and just ride off into the sunset? Or should I actually believe anything about the Buccaneers? I, I don't think you should buy much stock in the Buccaneers right now, if we're being completely honest. But I will always buy stock in Tom Brady. So I would say if you play them in the playoffs, just go ahead and be up by, I don't know, 21 points in the fourth quarter, and that might be safe. Just don't give them a chance to beat you on the last drive. Um, just you know, fourth quarter, just maybe try to possess the ball the entire game instead or the entire quarter instead of give it to him. We're talking to our NFL insider, Vinny Pasquantino here on Cody and gold. We know here in Kansas city, this is a Cincinnati Bengals team now that absolutely owns the chiefs. They're three and oh, it's, it's reality. It's something they're going to have to deal with and overcome maybe in the postseason this year. So the chiefs just want to avoid burrow at all costs now. Uh, I mean, no matter what, they, they would have a hard time avoiding him. So, to be honest, if I'm, if I'm them, I want him again and just prove that I can do it. Um, yeah, it's been a tough three-game stretch, but they've all been well, – what, two of them have been 27 to 24, so it's not like they're getting blown out. They're in every game, and they just come up a little short. But, hey, whenever, uh, whenever you have 15 and 87 on your team, um, I'm going to just go ahead and pick you to win that game. Do you have a pitcher like that where he's just like, he's gotten you every time and you're like, well, I'm looking forward to facing him again. So I can try to get the better of him once. Uh, no, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a few guys that I faced over my, you know, over my career that I would prefer not to face again, <laughs> but at the same time, I'd really want to face them again. So, you know, you kind of go back and forth where they're your boogeyman, but also you want to, you want to strike back at him. So it, it's, it's definitely a fine line there, but, I think the Chiefs will be all right. Where does we were having this conversation about Joe Burrow because of his specifically his ability to beat Patrick Mahomes and the fact he was in the Super Bowl last year. Where does Joe Burrow rank amongst quarterbacks for you? Yeah, he's definitely way up there. But what I find beautiful about Kansas City um, and why it's so great is whenever any person, especially like on ESPN or something, even hints at naming somebody better than Patrick Mahomes the entire city seems to have a panic attack, and I really appreciate that. I, I don't think anybody is really picking anybody over Mahomes right now in terms of uh, who they want behind center, but, hey, there's a few guys that are really, really good at football that are really good quarterbackers, and Joe Burrow is definitely one of them. Is Russell Wilson one of them anymore? <laughs> I'm not getting into that because the answer is no. <laughs> now, Vinny, uh, in, in the intro every week, it, there, there's a cut in there from one of the first times you came on the show, and you were, we were talking about rivalries, and you said, uh, you know, we hate the Broncos, right? Well, it, it is Broncos week here in Kansas City. They take on Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. Is, is that Denver team, though, the worst offense that, that you've seen in the NFL in quite some time? Uh, yeah, I think this is going to be the first game in a while that people do not tune into a Chiefs game. Um, it's just one of those games where it's probably going to be, you know, the Chiefs are probably going to win by a lot, and that's exciting for the city of Kansas City. But, yeah, I mean, Broncos offense, not great, but their defense is electric. So if there's one thing about the Broncos, their defense is a fantastic unit.
Speaking of our NFL insider, Vinny Pasquantino here on Cody and Gold, I did want to ask you about free agent news. You once said you had sources that you could speak to about what's going to happen. So where is Odell Beckham Jr. going to sign, Vinny? It feels like it's a lock that he's going to the to the Cowboys. That's my ears to the ground. And he went on his college visit last night. Uh, Mark Micah Parsons and Trayvon Travion Diggs were his uh, were his hosts. So I wonder what kind of per diem the Cowboys <laughs> gave those two guys for taking the recruit out to a to a basketball game. So that's you know that's exciting for them. Those were some of my favorite times on campus, and I'm glad Odell is going through the recruiting process. And I hope he makes a you know I hope. You know, I hope he thinks about the education piece and um, everything to make sure he, you know, gets through gets through his his time. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what this is. It's like he's reliving his high school recruitment. He's the top receiver in the 2025 class here, 2023 class, and he, and he's he's taking visits to Buffalo, to the Giants, and, and the Cowboys. It's kind of crazy. I guess I can't like it's. I, I guess I can't blame him. Why not feel like just people want to you know, kiss your ass for another three weeks? Right, you take all that love whenever you can get it, because you know sometimes he's had a you know he's had a career where people in New York wanted him gone, and you know he uh, people in Cleveland wanted him gone, L.A. loved him. Now everybody loves him again. Take all that love all you can get. I love Odell Beckham. Vinny, what would you do if you had to bring a college recruit through Kansas City? Where would you take him? Well, I think I think you start with taking him to Joe's. I think that's a good start. Go get some barbecue. Uh, and then I'm going to hope that the, there's a Chiefs game on that that night, and I'm going to I'm going to also go to Arrowhead for the first time, but I'm going to show them around. I'll show them my place of work. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's a it's a night. It's probably take them to Prime Social. That's where I went after I got <laughs> engaged. They'd probably take them there because it's a it's a cool place. Um, that's where I'd probably seal the deal. There is make sure they commit right there, right before we walk into Prime Social, and then once they commit, we go have we go have a good time. You mentioned your engagement. I just saw. I think Nick Prado within the last week maybe got engaged. Is that right? I, is did you guys all? Is like you guys have how many Royals players have gotten engaged this off season? It's the off season of engagements for you for the for the young Royals. Yeah, well, you, you know, you got to think about it. Stereotypically, you get to the big leagues and then you uh, then you propose. And we had so many guys get called up to the big leagues this year. I mean, we just didn't have a choice, you know. So we <laughs> you, you have to play. You have to play into the stereotype there and. We, uh, we're both very lucky guys um, with who we've chosen to spend our lives with, and I couldn't be happier for Nick and Hannah. we got to get an update on the Fantasy League before we let you go, Vinny. What are the playoff scenarios looking like? Are you in the mix to make the playoffs? Who looks like they're going to be the teams for the Royals Fantasy League? Yep, so I have an 84% chance to make the playoffs. If I win this week, I'm in, but most likely I'm in either way. My team is on a five-game win streak. And I'm seven and six right now. We're in a really good spot. I'm not really sure. I haven't looked around the league. I'm more focused on what's happening. You know, I'm keeping my room clean right now, so to speak. I'm making sure that I'm up to date. I'm not worried about the other teams, the other organizations in the league. I'm worried about making sure my team gets in there. I know you said you're not paying attention to everybody else, but who's the worst team? Which Royals players got the worst team? Uh, Ryan O'Hearn was the worst team. He's on a 10-game losing streak. Oh, oh, no. He's been riddled with injuries. It's it's just been a tough scene for him. But one one beautiful thing about our league is that the East Division, that it's the East and the West. The East Division has so it's five and five. Uh, the East Division has five teams over five hundred, and the West Division has one team over five hundred. So so it's really just a battle of the East right now. It's one team from the East will probably be over five hundred and not make the playoffs because the division winner of the West gets in. So it's a tough scene for those guys. Um, but I'm not one of those. Well, I could technically be that team. So 
hopefully that doesn't happen, but we're in a good spot. Vinny Pasquantino, our VetFL insider. We'll check in next week, man, and we'll, we'll get an updated look to see uh, if your Jets are still in that final playoff spot. Yep, that's right. All right, see you guys. All right, that was our earlier conversation with Vinny Pasquantino. He joins us every Tuesday here on Cody and Gold. And, yeah, as of right now, his Jets are still holding on to that final playoff spot. Thanks to the Chargers. Yeah, a big moment for him as a new Chiefs fan who knows he's supposed to hate the Broncos, mm-hmm. who has grown up a Jets fan. He could come to Arrowhead for the very first talk- time to watch his Jets play in a playoff game. We talked about this last week when you were gone and someone mocked it up, um, get the split jersey. And that's why he tweeted that out because you need half Mahomes, half Mike White jersey. Can you imagine buying, like, do you imagine, like, even just nice. going somewhere to, yeah. hey, man, will you sell up this half Mike White, half Patrick Mahomes jersey? Is there a bigger quarterback discrepancy you could really? sew in two halves? Mike White's actually played pretty well. Right this second, if the playoffs were this weekend, the New York Jets would be coming to Arrowhead wild card weekend. That would be the matchup right this second. I mean, I'm fine with it. That's a that's a wash, right? Yeah, I still just think, yeah. Obviously, you want the buy for a variety of reasons, but just the Jets have nothing to lose By in that way, scenario. Speaking of Odell Beckham, as mm-hmm. we asked him about him, Ed Warder is now reporting that the Cowboys have concern over oh, Odell oh, Beckham oh. Jr.'s physical oh. that his recovery from his torn left ACL in the Super Bowl has not progressed enough to ensure play before mid-January. Well, well, and the possibility well. exists signing him in that didn't uh, sign him until 2023 would have no benefit. The final word. Well, well, well. Almost like he's dragged this on longer and longer intentionally because he knows he's maybe not ready. Okay. Last week, Nick and I had a conversation on this show about perhaps he's not going to actually provide anything for anybody this season. You know who else isn't? Robert Quinn, who's going on the IR. Well, he still had a chance to come back. So Robert Quinn <laughs> having a knee scope this week. He twisted his knee in practice. He's out four games. According to Tom Pelissero, optimism, okay. he's back for the playoff push. As of right now, he's done nothing for the Eagles. All it takes is one big sack in the playoffs, and, and then the trade was worth it. But, yeah, how many sacks a year ago? 18 and a half. I think so. I think so. All right, we're back at it tomorrow here on Cody and Gold. The Drive with CDOT and Rob up next. is Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gann Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gann Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Royals first baseman slash NFL insider, Vinny Pasquantino. This football season with Cody and Gold. My Twitter is about to unload (laughs) of football tweets. First Jets game that I have free on Sunday. It's, it's go time. 610 Sports Radio.